you earn a living, you probably own a business, work for one, or want to start one. Business is central to your life. But do most business shows really speak to you? Today on the show, the billion dollar valuation of Balogu and Broad does. Let's talk about the stock market and Alaba market. Let's talk about share IPOs and diesel supply LPOs. Let's talk about Broad Street. The Nigerian Stock Exchange recorded an all-time high of and Balogun Street. Uh, the maximum I was spent on fuels on fro mm. was 4,000. On Balogu and Broad, Wednesdays at 5. Hello Lagos, you're still listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. You know that this business show is for you. On Balogo and Broad, we talk about how the issues in the news affect businesses of all sizes and the people who work for those businesses. How will the Twitter ban affect businesses? It's the biggest business story in Nigeria today because a lot of Nigerian businesses had a Twitter presence before the ban and also Nigeria's tech sector is very active on Twitter and Twitter has been instrumental in um, giving it visibility as it attracts investors and this brings us to today's business hard fact according to TechPoint Africa's Nigeria startup report in 2020 71.2% of funding to Nigerian startups came from foreign investors so as you can see, this is our tech sector that we're always praising. This is our tech sector that is generating so much wealth and so many jobs. It's very dependent on money from outside. And a lot of the relationships that make those investments possible are made on social networks, especially Twitter. So some Nigerians are worried that this Twitter ban may affect these networking opportunities and beyond that they're worried about what signals this ban sends to these same foreigners about um you know asking them for their money because i mean we're asking these foreigners to bring their money into nigeria right but it's not just about multinational uh and multi-million dollar deals for tech unicorns it's also about the suya burger vendor and the tailor who sell their tweet who sell their, their their wares from their twitter handles Today, we're talking about all of them. We're talking about how the Twitter ban will affect them. Now, the AGF has said that they can use Twitter, but right now, the ISPs and telcos cannot let them access Twitter. And I have an all-star panel to talk about this today. My first guest is a lawyer. She's a partner at Blackwood & Stone. She specializes in tax, corporate, and commercial legal services. Kelly Chugueva, welcome to Balogun Broad on Hard Facts. Thank you very much, Sandra. Hmm. My second guest is the founder of Tech Hive Advisory. It's a firm that provides regulatory and tech advisory services to companies. Ridwan Oloyete, welcome to Balogun and Broad on Hard Facts. Yeah, thank you, Sandra. And Lagos, we want to hear from you as well. Let's have your questions for our guests. Um, if you had a business that had a Twitter presence, how you they do now? Um, do you communicate with particular businesses over Twitter? What have you been doing? Doing. How has the ban been for you? How do you think the ban will affect larger businesses or tech companies trying to get investment from abroad? Ridwan, I'll start with you. Among other things, your company helps Niger- uh, helps connect um, Nigerian tech startups to investors, right? So, so, so you have your finger on the pulse of the investment community. How have they received the Twitter ban? Yeah, I mean, um, 
for, from our home point of view and also from um, the startups that we work with point of view. And of course, um, every medium and small size business that this uh, Twitter has been very cool to either project their business or get traction to their business. Hmm. Um, understand that um, with this, we're seeing quite a number of people who have made, um, who have met in the prospective investors or even real investors hmm. um, just by their product or their service they um, actually project being visible online, hmm. which is of course attractive. And even for us as a business, hmm. um, a decent number of um, some of the people who reach out to us for collaboration, for research, for real work also stems from some of the content that we put out online and the kind of projection we make online as to our proficiency. Right. So when we take all of this away and um, people are not able to put out um, that representation, uh, people are not able to advertise, uh, it creates a seemingly gap there. So it simply means uh, people can assess all of these things. But beyond that, uh, there are also issues around complaint resolution which is, Twitter has actually been one of the most effective vehicles to mm. solve complaints when consumers have problems. Um, and it appears that these entities sort of prioritize or respond very quickly to complaints. So when you take one of the mediums which enterprise or ventures could actually um, provide um, complaints resolution for their users, their consumers, um, that's also sort of um, problematic. But beyond that as well, there's also the question around um, access to information. Um, which, of course, we can say is also an extension of the freedom of expression. Mm. So essentially, the businesses we work with, um, I don't want to use the word um, censored, but then if they can assess all of these things, if mm. they can advertise, mm-hmm. if they can use um, Twitter to also target prospective customers mm-hmm. or even just make a representation, but this is what we do, these are services, mm-hmm. these are products mm-hmm. to sell. Mm-hmm. It simply means we take away one veritable channel for them to actually do this. Hmm. So that's just some of the issues. But beyond that, very few entities are actually active on other social media platforms. And the way, I think it's also the way Twitter is for hmm. the tech community. Hmm. It's one of the most valuable platforms to connect businesses, opportunities, and also funding opportunities. Right. So those are some of the challenges we are seeing. And um, yes, those are still, this is still early stages for it. I mean, the impact is already been felt. Now, in this situation, the NBC and NCC are in many ways acting like the regulators for tech companies and digital services. In your experience, Ridwan, of the Nigerian regulatory space before this ban, has this been the case or has this role been played by other agencies like, say, NITDA, you know, for example? Or has there really been an absence of a regulator? So uh, when it comes to regulating um, 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 OTTs, Mm. um, what we've seen is there's actually no specific regulation that captures essentially the kind of service they provide. Mm. And that might also, partly that it might also be responsible because some of these laws um, predate the, um, the popularity of some of these concepts, essentially. Right. So what we're saying is that broad interpretation of the powers that these agencies have. So now say, oh, we are the one that can regulate it. Right. We are the one. I mean, in the past, NCC have made similar attempts to also try to regulate this. Right. Now it's NBC saying, okay, because we can broadly interpret the power to, um, to interpret that um, that particular um, the, the enacting act that says um, any medium of um, broadcasting right. to now miss I mean I don't uh, for lack of better word misclassify these entities to bring them under the regulatory purview right. uh, which is what we uh, was, was, was seeing here so it's it's not clear in any of these enacting statutes I mean I mean the principal act establishing any of these government agencies that right. they actually conceive the regulation of OTT 
I see. All right, let me come to uh, Kelechi now. Kelechi, I've been hearing uh, about significant economic presence. Tell us what that means. Tell us under what conditions uh, the finance ministry's SEP order from 2020 enable it to tax non-resident companies. Okay, so um, the significant economic presence is just like the name implies. Mm. It's a term that applies to taxation of non-resident uh, persons, which would, of course, include individuals and companies. Right. Um, significant economic presence. There is also SEP. Right. It means business activity of foreign persons within the tax jurisdiction of Nigeria. Right. From which such persons derive profit. Um, and then, so, and if such people do not have a physical presence in Nigeria, or their business activity mm. is of a digital kind or comprises the furnishing of technical management, consultancy, or professional services right. uh, performed outside Nigeria to a person or to people resident in Nigeria. Right. So, you know, like it's, it sounds like a mouthful, but it's digital activities being performed and being enjoyed um, by people that are resident in Nigeria. Can it not... Ni- es- okay, go ahead. That extends to who? So it, no, no, it's so it, it enjoyed by people that are resident in Nigeria. Right. And I was just going to say that the SCP mm-hmm. um, permits the FIRS to tax non-resident persons mm. who were prior to now not within the tax bracket, mm. you know, but that they have derived sort of, I'll say, a digital, digital income mm. or profit from Nigeria as a result of their business activity mm. um, within Nigeria. And then the, the second question that you had asked was whether the SCP order of 2020 mm-hmm. covers taxation of non-resident companies. Yeah. Uh, and the response to that would be that it does. Okay. It clearly provides two conditions upon which non-residents may be subject to taxation in Nigeria under the SCP um, rules. What are these and conditions? Run by them. Okay. Yeah, the first one would be non-resident companies okay. that derive an annual gross turnover or an income of 25 million naira okay. through digitalization or performance of digital services to residents of Nigeria. You know, so it's important to also note that those activities um, carried out by affiliates of such companies mm. will also be aggregated in determining that 25 million naira turnover. Okay. And that's the first category of people. Okay. And the second category of non-resident companies would be non-resident companies that perform technical, professional, management or consulting services okay. and that receive an income from a person resident in Nigeria or a fixed base or an agent of a non um, resident company. Hmm. Can a non-Nigerian um, digital service company like, uh, say, Twitter, for instance, be taxed as an NRC under the SCP or, um, um, order without registering with CAC or having an office in Nigeria? So the short response to that would be yes. Okay. You know, because um, Twitter provides digital services on a social networking digital platform as well. Right. It can be taxed in Nigeria on the portion of its income right. that has been derived from the services provided to residents in Nigeria. Right. So it, 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 irrespective of the fact 
um, uh, uh, that it's co- it's registered in Nigeria as a, at the CAC, mm. or if it's not registered, that that's not really that's irrelevant. Um, yes, okay. it's irrelevant. And also, the company Twitter, for example, that yeah. you use does not necessarily have to have a fixed base office or an office or a location in Nigeria for to them be taxed. to be taxed on. Uh, digital services. What, mm. what I would say would be they would fall under the category of company of non-resident companies that would reach the 25 million threshold. So if they, if they make an income of up to 25 million naira, mm-hmm. then they, they will be liable to taxes mm. in Nigeria. Does Nigeria have a double tax treaty with the USA though, which is Twitter's um, home country? Can Nigeria charge corporate income tax uh, tax on Twitter at all? So Nigeria doesn't have a double tax treaty with the United States of America. Okay. There's no double tax treaty in existence. Okay. And the second question you asked, yes, we can um, tax corporate American income tax that are doing business in Nigeria. Mm. Of course, pursuant to the amendments that have been provided in the Finance Act 2019 mm. and 2020. Mm. You know, so a Twitter, for example, mm-hmm. uh, which provides social media services on a digital platform, as we had said earlier, mm-hmm. would be taxable on the portion of its income that is derived from Nigeria. Mm. So, you know, they would have activities such as advertising mm. and some other activities mm. that would generate income from Nigeria. And yes, Nigeria can, can tax. Mm. There might be the challenge of enforceability, mm. but... Um, yeah, Nigeria can tax. Can tax. Now, let me come back to uh, Ridwan. Uh, Ridwan, first of all, do you have thoughts on, on, on some of the things that uh, Kelechi has said? And then second of all, the information ministry is saying that all content creators should register with the NBC. So that includes podcasters, uh, macaroni and comedians like him on Instagram, bloggers, news sites, etc., etc., all of that. And the government says they want to do this to better regulate hate speech, misinformation, and other malicious content. But what could the business effects of this rule be? So, for example... Could it affect the growing ecosystem of endorsements and advertising on the platforms of smaller content creators? Ridwan? All right. Yeah. Thank you for that. So uh, the big question is, um, what is the licensing regime like? Do we actually have a licensing regime? If you say you want to license, um, do you have a licensing framework? Hmm. Uh, what's, uh, what's the fee? What's the, um, what are the documentations that are required to be able to do this? Right. Um, is this document itself, is it publicly available right. for members of the public to see? So if, for example, um, there's going to be a fee um, for all of these things, it means we might literally just um, take some people away who might not be able to afford um, getting into this. And I mean small bloggers, small people, small business owners, mm-hmm. sm- um, people who even do um, podcasts, mm-hmm. um, YouTube videos mm-hmm. for just purely recreational purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other challenge also is the fact that um, if we allow this classification mm. of this broad classification, rather, mm-hmm. um, what this might also mean is that this might also be subject to the censorship we've seen with the traditional media. Again, which also feeds back into the ability to create content and um, and also to also address or to also serve the community which you want to target your uh, message or your uh, products or services at. But uh, the bigger question which I think we should be asking mm-hmm. is, again, what is the licensing regime? You said um, the NBC code says something, uh, the new NBC code says something around um, online platforms to register and all of that. 
but nothing more than that around do you want to is it, are you looking to moderate content mm. are you looking at content moderation mm-hmm. um, are you looking at um, a situation where um, you say you create a framework where you say okay if there is a complaint that has been leveled um, you need to resolve it in this specific time frame mm. um, maybe also addressing some local content um, local context to some of the issues maybe also appointing maybe even people from your region to also such that they are also uh, they are vast in things that I mean, applies to regions like this. So if you want content moderation, create a sustainable model for content creation without really suppressing people who just want to use the platform mm. um, to reach out. But then if what you want to do also is um, place them under the same um, strict censorship rules of traditional media, mm-hmm. then, I mean, there should be some sort of regulatory clarity. And um, again, what we're going to continue to see is the case where we might have some sort of misalignment in policy direction. Okay. Um, on one hand, we want... Um, stronger growth for businesses in this space. Right. Um, and we have businesses who leverage on some of these tools to right. actually stay profitable. Right. But then if we now um, take all of these things out, people can no longer target their audience to sell them adverts. Um, people, I mean, influencers can, can no longer make brand representation because maybe Twitter represents um, a sizable market for the audience of the products which right. we're actually endorsing. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, we're looking at a situation where um, we might probably not have an empirical method to determine what the economic uh, impact is right now. Mm-hmm. But then it's obvious, um, I mean, there are some sort of economic um, loss that we're seeing right now. Hmm. Lagos, if you just tuned into the show, you're listening to Balogo and Broad on Hard Facts. Why, how will the Twitter ban affect businesses? That's the conversation that we're having on the show today. My first guest is a lawyer. She's a partner at Blackwood and Stone. She specializes in tax, corporate and commercial legal services. Her name is Kelechi Ubeva. We also have the founder of Tech Hive Advisory. They are a firm that provides regulatory and tech advisory services to companies. It's name is Ridwan Oloyede and they're talking to us today about um, this particular matter and uh, if you have questions for them would love to hear from you as well Lagos um, did you have a business with a, a, a Twitter presence uh, do you usually communicate with particular businesses over Twitter for those of you who work with uh, a lot of corporate brands especially in Lagos who had huge Twitter followings and had a huge presence on Twitter how is it going you know if you were the social media handler for instance for some of these businesses how is it going for you? Huh? How has the ban been for you? And how do you think the ban will affect larger businesses or tech companies who are trying to get investment from abroad? Women call us on 01465-7190. Men call us on 0700-993-993-993. Kelechi, beyond CIT, what other taxes can Nigeria currently levy against um, foreign tech companies? Okay, um, so beyond CIC, right. you know, there will be va- value added tax um, that could be. It, it, value added tax is a consumer tax. Okay. But um, these companies could be liable to to, to pay these. Uh, that's what comes to mind. Hmm. And then also, uh, I would say withholding tax could be applicable. But we know that withholding tax is not an additional tax. But mm. as we had mentioned earlier under the SCP order, mm-hmm. for companies that are just providing technical services mm-hmm. or management services, mm-hmm. professional services or, or consultancy mm-hmm. services, 
they, they could be liable to withholding tax. Mm. Mm, I see. Yeah. I see. Are digital service companies required to open offices in every country and pay taxes in every country? Because I'm, I'm wondering how they can, how they they will or how they do um, handle the complexity of overlapping taxes. Okay, so I would say the issue of opening offices in every country, hmm. to, to my mind, sounds like a business decision that would depend on the usefulness or the need, you know, of, of these offices or office spaces. Okay. But if, if the question is, is more towards um, companies that, the company incorporation, right. then I would say for Nigeria, yeah. companies doing business in Nigeria are required by law to register their businesses. And then, of course, they're also required to pay taxes in Nigeria. Right. You know, the incorporation requirement and tax treatment in other jurisdictions differ from jurisdiction to, uh, to jurisdiction. jurisdiction right for instance in the united states you know we, we know that been opposing the taxation of the digital economy you know they they, they have played there have been some people that have come out to say that it would be difficult for companies to determine the amount of income that would be accruable to a, a, a particular country or, or state, mm. you know, for, for them to be able to be taxed yeah. on those bases. But um, the second half of your question talks about handling the complexity of overlapping taxes. Taxes, yeah. And the OECD has gone ahead to try to come up with um, solutions to, you know, overlapping taxes. And, and in a bit to prefer a global solution, mm-hmm. they're currently working on the multilateral treaty okay. to allocate taxing rights to jurisdictions based on defined indices or for countries um, that would have a minimum tax rate mm-hmm. you know and companies that um, might be required to be taxed mm-hmm. for digital services you know so they want, they want to see if they can come up with some kind of uniform um, guide mm-hmm. that can guide such countries however most countries um, that currently do have digital service tax, mm-hmm. um, like Nigeria being one of them, have mm-hmm. adopted their solutions in the interim. Okay. You know, and some of the companies, countries would be Nigeria, the UK, mm-hmm. France, Italy. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, important to note that Nigeria has adopted that SCP, you know, as a basis for our own taxation mm-hmm. of income derived. From, from multinational services mm. provided by non-resident um, companies. Mm. Now, um, before I let you both go, I, I have to stay in the UK for a bit and I'll come to Ridwan with that question. The government is talking about regulating content from OTT media services. So streaming platforms, for example, you know, my, my, my first question there is the feasibility of it. For example, the UK government wanted the right to rate content on Netflix. Netflix agreed in principle but it turns out that the uk government did not have the capacity to do it because netflix had too much content for them to handle ridwan do you think the nigerian government has the capacity to monitor and regulate content from ott services and online content creators okay that's 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 going to um, simple question it's a lot it involves a lot i mean the simple answer is it involves a lot of resources which 
maybe the country might not be able to afford right now. Mm. So one of the most efficient ways and some of the models that we've seen across the world is uh, what I would describe as notice and take down schemes. Okay. Whereby um, if there is a complaint about maybe copyright infringement mm. or maybe even uh, maybe a privacy violation, for example, right. they can simply notify um, the platforms and they take, they take, they take, take it, it down. down. Right, right. 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 Another one is um, what we can describe as a technical measure, which is where the government um, requests that um, the OTTs, for example, um, create um, sort of restrict access to um, certain classes of content. Mm-hmm. It's effective for things like child pornography, for example. Mm-hmm. But then an excessive use of this technical measure could also restrict um, freedom of expression and also the right to privacy. Right. And there's also the parts where, um, especially for those who are in the commercial marketplace, where they, I mean, there's also the mandate to put in place this resolution uh, mechanism. And of course, the continuous obligation to continue to create education and awareness and users. Right. So if you look at this, the government is trying to either build its own technical tool mm-hmm. or to monitor every single content that comes into it and the whole approval. We know what bureaucracy is even with existing digital measures that we have. Anyone who is trying to incorporate a company in Nigeria now know how I mean, how serious that could be. So if you have a government agency that is now deploying resources to now monitor, I mean, thousands and thousands of videos are created every day. Mm. The typical scroll through Twitter on the typical day, you see a lot of content creators dropping, um, whether it's a skit, whether it's an advert, mm-hmm. thousands of them. Mm-hmm. So are you creating an approval um, window where you say maybe a month, is that latency or that delay not going to affect some business decisions that mm. probably needs to leverage on maybe an existing trend? Mm. So all of these things are issues we need to, con- to, to, regulate, consider. Um, to consider. So if I'll put it, if I'll summarize what I'm saying, mm-hmm. if there's going to be an attempt to um, regulate platforms broadly, mm-hmm. um, it needs wider engagement, it needs wider stakeholder engagement mm-hmm. such that we are able to address the nuances. The risk are there, I mean, we can't deny that. Mm-hmm. But in regulating it as well, we need to pay attention to um, the nuances and, of course, the concerns of all stakeholders. Hmm. Ridwan, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, Kelechi, I cannot thank you enough. Uh, you've been both very brilliant. Thank you. Lagos, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. After the break, we're going to speak with uh, somebody else right here on the show. His name is Alexander. If you earn a living... You probably own a business, work for one, or want to start one. Business is central to your life. But do most business shows really speak to you? Today on the show, the billion-dollar valuation of Balogu and Broad does. Let's talk about the stock market and Alaba markets. Let's talk about share IPOs and diesel supply LPOs. Let's talk about Broad Street. The Nigeria Stock Exchange recorded an all-time high of and Balogun Street. The maximum I was spent on fuels on throw was four thousand. Balogo and Broad, Wednesdays at 5. Hello, Lagos. The next, uh, let's see, next 15 minutes of Balogo and Broad are brought to you by Unicaf. Unicaf is a global um, organization making sure that you get quality uh, quality education, right? And we're going to tell you more about Unicaf, but I have to introduce you to my next guest. We're still talking about the impact of the Twitter ban on business. In the first half, we talked about the tax issues, the regulatory issues, we touched a bit on the investment angle. But now I want us to face investment fully. And joining me to do that is a journalist with uh, Tech Cabal. They cover the tech sector and he's here to share insights on the Twitter ban's effect on tech businesses and investments. Alexander Onukwe, welcome to uh, Balogun and Broad on Hard Facts. 
Thank you very much, Sandra. Pleased to be with you. Yes, the government has said that other social media platforms are still up, so people cannot complain that the Twitter ban is affecting their businesses. But I've heard from business owners who say, look, they chose Twitter over the others, and so they don't have followers over there. So rebuilding a new followership on a new platform is going to take them um, time, right? Uh, And it's going to set them back. How big of a problem is this? Well, it depends on who you ask, really, because uh, different uh, companies use uh, social media platforms differently. Twitter, by design, uh, enables virality in a way that other platforms do not. Um, Maybe Facebook is the closest to Twitter in terms of how a piece of content can go viral. But really, because Twitter is a bit more open with virality embedded in the design, um, startups who especially want to connect to people in other geographies prefer Twitter. Um, It's just easier to to manipulate, to send DMs, to have people retweet your stuff and, you know, some random person finding you. Um, So it's not quite the same. Um, I get that there are other platforms, Instagram and you could even say in Ireland, but Mm -hmm. All of these platforms function differently. Um, as one one investor who whose uh, firm is also a startup told me recently, mm. um, it's just not the same experience. No. Mm. Mm. All right, we'll listen to our sponsors and then we'll come back and talk to Alex about investment because we've heard lots of success stories where Nigerian startups met foreign investors on Twitter. So we'll talk about what it is about Twitter specifically compared to the other social media platforms that has created such great synergy for Nigerian uh, 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 startups. Again, this segment of Baluguan Broad is brought to you courtesy Unicaf. Are you ready to be a leader? At Unicaf, we are here to inspire and help you make an impact as you thrive for success. Take advantage of our exclusive 300 British MBA scholarships valid until the end of June 2021 with an internationally recognized online MBA from the University of East London or the University of Suffolk. You can accelerate your career. Call us on 07000 311 That is 07000-311-310 to help you jump start today. With Unicav, you can. All right, talk to me about investments. Uh, Alexander, we've heard lots of success stories about Nigerian startups. What is it about Twitter specifically compared to other social media platforms that has created such a great synergy for Nigerian startups? So I guess the first thing to say is that Twitter is designed to be a microblogging platform. Hmm. So hence the threads you see. It's easy to tell stories. Um, in, it's easy to stagger your stories when you're telling them on Twitter versus on Facebook hmm. or Instagram that is more um, visual. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you tell your story on, on Twitter and other people start finding it, it's easy for somebody you've never met in your life to right. slide into your DMs and you know, ask you for, for a conversation. It happened this year in January with one startup. Um, someone slid into their DMs and in two weeks, they concluded a raise. Uh, I have to say that that's not the norm, but it opens up you know, an avenue for you know, pretty much anybody who can tell a good story on Twitter right. to be found anywhere in the world. Right. Right. Uh, before you go on, uh, we have to talk to people who can get you education anywhere in the world. Uh, talk to us about Unicaf, right? What are you, what are you offering, uh, offering to us um, at this time? 
Yeah, um, like uh, one of your your guests today said, um, Ridwan, I can't remember his surname, mm -hmm. uh, he made mention of the fact that a lot of startups are really losing a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And most of these startups are being run by young entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So um, where Unicaf comes in, in we, 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 we put you in a position where you not only get educated, we link you up with people who help you grow in that space as an education, uh, uh, as a student and as an entrepreneur. Mm. And we do this online. Everybody wants to study, everybody wants to grow their knowledge, but we all know the state of um, security in the country. Mm. Nobody wants to learn in an insecure place. Okay. So what Unicaf is doing is we're giving you access to online learning. Okay. And not just any online, any kind of online learning. Mm. It's actually... Well, it's actually a, a, a quality-based online learning, okay. basically, okay. if I'm to say that. So, um, basically, we're working with um, partners, uh, partner universities in UK, United Kingdom, United mm -hmm. States of America, and mm -hmm. some other universities in Africa. And we are also offering um, 300 MBA scholarship that will last um, till the end of June 2021. Hold on, say that again. So you're giving scholarships, MBA scholarships? Yeah, I know it sounds too good to be true. <laughs> we're, we're giving out 300 Unicaf MBA scholarships. Okay. And um, one of the easiest way to access this scholarship is if you call us on this number, I'm going to go. Can I go? Can yes, I? yes, yes. Okay, you can call us on zero seven zero seven thousand one 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 zero zero zero. That is zero seven thousand. One 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 zero zero zero. Maybe you want to say the number like and say all the zeros because <laughs> people hear thousand and they add one to the thousand. Okay, let me call it the African way. Uh huh. Zero seven zero. Uh huh. Zero zero. Uh huh. One one one. Uh huh. Zero zero zero. We're gonna hear more about Unicaf, but I want to come back to Alexander. Alexander, before the Twitter ban, there was the cryptocurrency restriction. Now, crypto is increasingly becoming one of the financial backbones of global tech, while Twitter is its communications channel. In the tech world, it seems that most of the top founders and rock stars globally are more on Twitter than on other platforms. Do you think that these two bans will spook them? Well, you know, there is there is this thing in human nature where you prohibit something and it sort of spurs interest in, in, in that thing. Right. It, it, maybe it helps that the Twitter founder is also a crypto um, whale, if you like. Mm. And when he came to Nigeria in, in 2019, mm -hmm. the reason was to promote Twitter, but it was also to connect with the crypto community. Yeah. So in a sense, you could say the, the destinies of both platforms or both phenomena are tied. Okay. And prohibition is... Um, for crypto, especially prohibition, has increased interest in crypto. Okay. Um, people are just more curious about it. But Twitter is a bit different because um, you need VPNs to access it. Mm -hmm. And so for some persons, it might be too much of a hassle, especially mm -hmm. if VPNs begin to intrude on personal data. Right. But yes, to your point, um, there is a feeling that when you prohibit these things, people become more interested in even finding out what they are. Hmm. The CBN is softening its stance on crypto, though. I mean, first they said that they're trying to formulate a policy. Now they've said that they want to launch their own cryptocurrency. Do you think this Twitter ban could also possibly be, be reversed? And um, I don't know, would that be enough to undo whatever reputational damage may have been done? Well, so um, the CBN is going to create a digital currency, which might not necessarily, you might not call it a cryptocurrency because the, it will be under their control and they'll centralize it. Right. With respect to the Twitter ban, um, 
To be honest, I think a lot of the supposed reputational damage has sort of worn off, um, going by some of the international chatter that we've seen in this second week. Um, now that they're saying they will license it, I think that's where the conversation has that's where people to. want to see what, what will happen because mm. licensing um, social media platforms is not it's not a crazy idea. Mm. A couple of countries have been thinking about it in different ways, mm-hmm. but that's where the, that's where everybody's attention is now. The devil will be in the details. Mm. What do you call these uh, platforms? The Minister of Information is calling them broadcasters. That's a bit of an invention because social media platforms are not necessarily broadcasters mm. but we'll be watching to see what what they do to eventually. see how that goes alexander thank you so much for joining us on the show today you've been uh, very brilliant uh, with your time my pleasure Sandra. all right before we go i have to remind you one more time that this segment of the show was brought to you courtesy uh unicaf and unicaf is one of the leading institutions as regards education and today they're offering mbas yes all right unicaf brought you the final 15 minutes of hard facts today of balogun broad actually and uh, they'll talk to you again on friday um they'll